Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Welcome back to Culips, everyone. This is Catchword, the series for intermediate and advanced English learners, where we teach you idioms. Phrasal verbs and expressions that will help improve your English listening and speaking. To help me with today's lesson is my co host, Cassie. Hey there, Cassie. Hey, Andrew, and hi, listeners. I hope you're all doing well. So, Andrew, today we've got kind of an ironic episode planned for everyone. Yeah, it's funny. We. Do actually. And it's ironic because I know that most of our listeners are here because they want to improve their English speaking, right? But the topic for this episode is actually about the opposite it's about shutting up and staying quiet. Yes, it is kind of ironic, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't learn how to talk about this situation in English because、uh, I think both of these phrases we're going to learn today are pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. And so, everyone, in today's episode, we're going to teach you two idiomatic expressions that are commonly used in everyday English, just like Cassie was saying. And they're about staying quiet and not speaking. And along the way in this lesson, we'll give you some conversation examples and break down the meaning of the expressions so that you can understand them really well. And the two idioms that we'll be teaching you are. To take the fifth and to clam up. And guys, we'll get started with the lesson in just a sec. But before we do, I want to let you know that there is a transcript and study guide for this episode available to all Culips members. We've designed the practice exercises that are in the guide specifically to teach you the important parts of this lesson and to help build your English fluency and help your English sound more natural. To learn about all the details and to become a Culips member and get that study guide, visit culips.com. And also, we want to say a huge thanks to all of the Culips members out there who support the work that we do here and keep allowing us to make new episodes and English lessons each and every week. We really do appreciate your support and we couldn't do it without you all. And with that being said, Cassie, why don't we jump into today's lesson? And the first expression that we're going to teach everyone is to take. The fifth. To take the fifth. This is a verb, so we need to use to at the start when we are talking about it. And there are four words total, right? To take the fifth. And fifth is spelt F I F T H. It is the ordinal number for the number five. And I'm going to say that word again slowly and clearly, just a couple of more times, because I know that English learners, well, many English learners at least, really struggle with the pronunciation of this word. And Cassie, even I sometimes struggle with the pronunciation of this word. It's just a mouthful. So here it is fifth, fifth, first, second, third, fourth, fifth. And so, Cassie, now that we know what the expression is to take the fifth, could you go ahead and break this one down for us as the resident American 
on the podcast right now. Maybe you're in the best position to explain it. Yeah, so to take the fifth is a term that actually comes from the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights. The U.S. Constitution has a bunch of laws that we have to follow, and the Fifth Amendment is a law that protects people in court. If you use the Fifth Amendment, it means that you are allowed to stay silent when questioned about something that you don't want to answer, that might get you into trouble or might make you seem guilty about some crime. So if you say, I take the fifth or I plead the fifth, it means that under the U.S. Constitution, the main laws in the U.S., you can keep quiet if you want to. Very well explained, Cassie. And if I say something here that's incorrect, please correct me because uh, being a Canadian, we don't actually have the same law in Canada. We have a different law in Canada. However, my understanding from watching movies and TV shows about the USA is that if you are accused of a crime, you know, sometimes when you are in court defending yourself, maybe uh, a lawyer or the judge will ask you a question and you're like, oh, if I answer this question, uh, maybe I will get myself into trouble. You know, maybe you are actually guilty of the crime <laughs> and you want to protect yourself from getting into trouble. But sometimes people are wrongly accused and you might actually be an innocent person. And you think like, hey, if I answer that question that the prosecutor asks me, well, then maybe I'll get into trouble. Maybe they'll think that I'm guilty, even though I'm innocent. So because of this situation, there is this law in America that says that people have the right to be quiet. You don't have to answer questions if you don't want to. And this is called taking the fifth or pleading the fifth. So this is the original meaning, guys. And you'll hear this in the news all the time, actually. Like it's really, really common. And you'll hear it used in this legal, technical version all the time. But Cassie, there's also a slang way or a more casual way that we can use take the fifth or plead the fifth. As I mentioned just a moment ago, plead the fifth, P-L-E-A-D, is another verb that we can use. So we can say take the fifth or plead the fifth, and they both have the same meaning. But the other situation when we can use this expression is just in everyday conversation when somebody asks you a question and you don't want to answer it right? Maybe it's about personal information. Maybe it's uh, about something embarrassing that you don't want to share. Maybe it is, again, a situation that will get you in trouble, right? So you're not in legal trouble, but you might be in trouble with your friend or with your boss or something. Then we can say, take the fifth. And really the meaning is just that you don't want to answer a question or you don't want to say something. You just want to stay silent. Yeah, and one thing that I love about this expression is that it's kind of a a polite and cute way of saying that you don't want to talk about something. Uh, if there's a topic that you think is really awkward, you could very rudely reply like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, or it's none of your business. But if you want to reply in kind of a cute and 
jovial manner, you might say, oh, I take the fifth on that one. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it. Right. That's a really important point that it is a very polite expression, right? If you say, I'll take the fifth, and especially if you have that kind of kind tone to your voice, then people will realize, oh, this is a topic that they don't want to talk about or that makes them feel uncomfortable or is too personal or too sensitive. And that's a very strong signal that you want to change the topic of the conversation. Well, Andrew, shall we get into our example conversations? Yeah, why don't we take a listen to the first example now? Is that a new phone you're using? Yeah, it is. I just got it last week. Can I see it for a second? It looks awesome. Yeah, sure. It's amazing. I absolutely love it. Yeah, this is great. How much did you pay for it? I heard this model is super expensive. Uh, I'm going to take the fifth on that one. Really? That expensive? Yeah, I'm not going to be buying anything new for a while. All right, so let's break this example conversation down. In that conversation, we hear two friends talking about a new phone. One of the friends just bought this new phone, and it's an amazing, high-tech, cutting-edge, brand-new phone that is very expensive. And when asked about how much the phone cost, the woman replied, I'm going to take the fifth on that one. And again, remember that when you take the fifth or when you plead the fifth, it means you don't want to say anything. You just want to stay silent. You don't want to give any information. So in this situation, we have to assume, we can make an assumption that if the friend doesn't want to say how expensive it is, then it's probably really, really expensive. Cassie, is that the kind of assumption that you would make in that situation? Yes, I think, uh, I don't know about men, but I think women go through this problem a lot when they buy shoes or purses as well, because you can buy a really fancy, expensive purse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sometimes, you know, if you take it home and you tell your husband how much money you spent, maybe their eyes would pop out of their head. So in that situation, it's better to take the fifth, perhaps. Yep. <laughs> Okay, why don't we move on to the second example conversation for today? Sounds great. Hey, are you feeling better today? Yeah, I'm feeling great. Why do you ask? You called in sick yesterday, remember? You told Tony that you were so sick, you felt like you were going to die. Ah, yeah, right. No, yeah, no, I'm totally fine today, weirdly enough. Wait a second. You didn't just fake being sick so you could go to that basketball game last night, did you? I'm gonna have to plead the fifth. Whatever you do, don't let Tony find out. If he does, he's gonna write you up. In this conversation, we have two coworkers, and we hear about how one of these coworkers faked an illness. He uh, took a day off work, he took a sick day. But it wasn't because he was actually sick, right, Andrew? 
Yeah, he just wanted to go to the basketball game instead. So when he was asked about this by his coworker, he said, I'm going to plead the fifth. I'm not going to say that I actually went to the basketball game. I'm just going to stay quiet because I don't want to get in trouble from Tony, who I'm assuming is the boss in this situation, Cassie. And the coworker went on to say something really interesting. She said, don't let Tony find out because he'll write you up. So I'm curious, maybe you could explain to everyone what that means to write somebody up or if you get written up at work, what does that mean? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to like write your name on a wall necessarily, but usually employees have evaluations and if you do something wrong or you do something that goes against company policy, then they're going to take note of that so that when you are in the running for a promotion or, you know, being re-signed in a contract, they can say, oh, this guy, he faked sick too many times. We don't want him anymore. Cassie, I have another question for you. And it's kind of cultural, this question. How common is it in the USA for people to call in sick when they're not sick? Is this something that people do often? I am a goody two-shoes, so I have actually never done it, I think. But yeah, I think it's super common in the US. Yeah, I think it's also common in Canada, but I think it's more common among young people. And as you get older and get into more serious career-type jobs or jobs that are more important to you, then maybe people don't do it as often. Uh, Now, these days, I never do this. I would never call in sick and take a day off if I weren't sick. I would never do that at all. However, I remember back when I was like a high school student during my first part-time job, university student doing some part-time jobs that I really didn't care about. There were a couple of times when I called in sick just so that I could go hang out and spend time with my friends because I just didn't care about the job very much. Unfortunately, it's a little bit embarrassing to admit, but I did do it back in the day. Yeah, you got to be careful, though. One of my coworkers did that, and my boss saw her at the mall that night. (laughs) (laughs) No pleading the fifth in that situation, right? Nope. All right, why don't we move on to our second key expression for this lesson? And I like this one, Cassie. It's one that's really easy to visualize, and it is to clam up. To clam up. The spelling of clam is C L A M. Okay, so it's a phrasal verb, actually, because we have that preposition up included in the verb. So to clam up, and it means to suddenly stop speaking or just like pleading the fifth you refuse to say something or you don't say something when asked to by someone else when someone asks you something cassie i said this was a really easy expression to visualize Uh, could you tell everyone why it's so easy to visualize yeah a clam as listeners probably know is a shellfish so it's a a little sea creature that has a shell. And when you eat clams, the shell is open. But when these clams are alive, in order to protect their soft little bodies, they keep their shells closed tight. 
and like hide. So if you can imagine a person clamming up, you're imagining their, you know, outgoing personality, you know, closing in and refusing to speak. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like people are closing their mouths or making a really tight seal with their mouths, just the way that a clam closes its shell in the ocean to protect itself from predators. So guys, you can imagine then that if somebody is clamming up, you know, they're not saying anything. They're just refusing to speak or they've suddenly stopped speaking. So I think what we should do, Cassie, is take a listen to a couple of conversation examples and then we can show all of our listeners how to use this expression in a real life situation. Let's do it. So how did your date go last week? What was the guy's name again? Charlie or something like that? Yeah, that's right. Charlie. The date went really well. We just had coffee together, but things went pretty great, I thought. We have some things in common, and I thought we really hit it off. So are you going to see him again or what? I'm not sure. The next day after the date, I texted him to see how he was doing, and we were texting back and forth a little, and I asked if he'd like to meet up on Saturday morning to go to the farmer's market together, but he just kind of clammed up, and he didn't reply to my text. I'm sure he just got busy or something suddenly. I don't know. It's been a few days now and still no reply. Maybe he's just not into me. So let's break this example conversation down. In that conversation, we hear two friends chatting and one of the friends was just on a date and she thought that the date went really well. She thought that her and the guy whose name was Charlie, that they hit it off. And to hit it off means to have a really great start to a relationship. Like the chemistry is good and nothing is awkward. Everything is good. You hit it off. So she thought that Charlie and her hit it off. However, when she was texting him later in the week to ask if he wanted to see her again, suddenly he clammed up and didn't reply to her texts at all. He went silent. <laughs> so she was wondering like, ah, you know, I thought things went well. I thought we hit it off, but maybe actually he's just not into me. And Cassie, that means that he's not interested in her, right? Yep. There's a movie that has that exact title. He's just not that into you. <laughs> right. Listeners should watch it. <laughs> All right, so we can see there in that example conversation that you can use clam up in a texting situation too, right? If somebody suddenly just stops texting you, then you could say, oh, they just clammed up. Yes, exactly right, Andrew. Let's move on to conversation example number two. Okay. Have you noticed some things have gone missing in the office lately? Yeah, I have. My headphones randomly disappeared, and I heard a computer monitor from the storage room was gone too. Do you think someone in the office is stealing our stuff? I talked to the HR department about it, and they just kind of clammed up. I'm not sure what's going on. Well then, it's either someone in the HR department that has been stealing our stuff, or they must know who the thief is, and they don't want to let anyone know about it until they can deal with the situation properly. 
Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, until the thief is caught, make sure to keep an eye on all your stuff. So in this conversation, one office has a kleptomaniac. For listeners who don't know what that is, it's a person who likes to steal stuff. Mm, almost impulsively, like it's a disease. They can't help themselves from stealing something, kind of a mental condition, health condition. Exactly. And one of the employees in this conversation went to talk to the HR department, the Human Resources Department, to ask what was going on. And the HR department clammed up. They refused to reply. They refused to talk about the situation, meaning that they probably knew who the thief was, but they weren't ready to let that knowledge be shared just quite yet. I feel like an HR department is the kind of place that will often clam up if you start asking questions about other employees, right? Like Cassie, if we went to the Culips HR department, which we don't have listeners, this is just an example. <laughs> but if we were working at the same company and I went to the HR department and I was suddenly asking, you know, personal information about you, Cassie, like, oh, can you tell me Cassie's birth date? And can you tell me Cassie's salary and et cetera, et cetera? They would clam up, right? They wouldn't share that information because it's uh, against your rights to privacy in the company. So yeah, definitely when talking about the HR department, it could be a good situation to use this expression in. Clammed up is also an expression that I would use when talking about being nervous as well. I'm sure most of our listeners have experienced the nervousness of public speaking, you know, getting up in front of an audience and having to talk about something. I know in that kind of situation, I always stand up, look at the audience and kind of clam up for a second. Yeah, so that's a, actually a really great point. And that is that people can clam up on purpose and accidentally. Maybe in that situation when you're making a speech or talking in public, you actually want to do a great job, right? Nobody wants to do a crappy job when they're making a presentation in front of other people. But sometimes accidentally or just naturally our bodies will clam up and will freeze and we don't know what to do. And yeah, in that situation, even though you want to talk, you want to be a great presenter, it's kind of an involuntary, natural reaction to being nervous in that situation. And you can clam up in that kind of context as well. That's a great point, Cassie. So to, to take the fifth, is usually used to avoid a conversation, but to clam up can be used to avoid saying something or because you are nervous about something or angry about something. Exactly. Well put. Well, everyone, I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode. So, of course, thank you for listening. Thank you as well for making it to the end of the episode. That's a big deal. And great job on completing an English study session with us. If you have 
a question or comment about this episode or would like to practice making some example sentences with the key expressions, please leave a comment on qlips.com or on our discussion forum and share them with us. And if you like this episode, please support us. Your support allows us to keep making English lessons for learners all over the world, and we couldn't do QLips without you. The best way to support us is by signing up and becoming a QLips member. And for all the details about how to do that, please visit our website, QLips.com. You can also support us by following us on social media, telling your friends who are learning English to check us out, or by leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Hulips. That's it for now, but we'll be back soon with another brand new episode. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye.